Hi, everyone. It's Amy Newmark. I'm trying to practice what I preach about work-life balance, so I'm pleased to share some of my favorite episodes with you from last summer. I'll be back in early August with new episodes. Changing your life one story at a time. This is the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast with Editor-in-Chief Amy Newmark. Hey, it's Amy Newmark with some new favorites for you from our latest book, Chicken Soup for the Soul, My Kind of America. This book just came out, and I'm already hearing from people that they're reading it and actually crying with happiness because the stories in the book reassure them that America is still the country that we think it is, despite what we're hearing and seeing in the news about a tiny minority of people who are acting like jerks. Everyone's talking about resistance right now, and our book is part of that resistance in that it shares 101 stories about people doing the right thing, embracing differences, being open-minded about religion, lifestyles, different cultures, and remembering our history of dynamic immigrants bringing their work ethic and their energy into the mix. And being a Northerner myself, I was interested in the stories that we published that showed that Americans were not exactly unified in the segregation and discrimination that is part of the U.S. history that we've all studied. Marianne Fosno tells us about this in her story called Making Choices, and it was about how she was raised in the 1960s and how she put up her own resistance to the way that she was raised. Marianne says that she was in third grade when she confronted prejudice in her own family. Her school was having a skating party, and the teacher announced that some students who were bussed in from far away would need to stay overnight with the kids who lived closer to school. So Marianne was excited because one of her best friends at school, named Shauna, was one of the kids who needed a place to stay, and Marianne immediately invited her for a sleepover. When Marianne got home, she told her mom that she needed a note for school saying that she could have Shauna for the sleepover. And her mom didn't say anything. She just got very busy all of a sudden cleaning the kitchen. And then she said, ask your father. At the dinner table, Marianne asked her father. And he said, yes, but then a little later, he asked her if her friend was black. And when Marianne said yes, he got angry and said, she's not staying here. Marianne was stunned. That night in bed, she tried to figure it out. And all she could think was that this was not logical in any way. She had always trusted her father, and she would have followed him down any path. But even though she was only eight, she knew he was wrong. And from then on, she says, she loved her parents, but she was ashamed of them. She went back to school the next day, and she apologized to Shauna and uninvited her. And Shauna said it was okay, but Marianne knew that it wasn't okay. She says in her story, As years passed, I had to close my eyes and ears to the prejudice my parents displayed. I vowed to come to my own conclusions about people, based not on their race or religion, but rather their effect on my heart and soul. Another story in the book called The Other Bus Story had such a big impact on me that I wrote about it on the back cover of the book. 
And I had the pleasure of talking to Cynthia Gary recently about her story. Cynthia wrote about the fact that her mother was a little girl in a small South Carolina town in the early 1950s. And that little girl got on the bus with her mother. And the little girl, despite what her mother said to her, insisted on sitting in one of the front seats. She sat right down next to a white woman. And her mom tried to make her move to the back, but the white woman looked at the little girl's mother and said, oh, it's okay. She can sit here beside me so she can have a better view. And the other passengers on the bus were all in alliance. They were all saying, it's fine. It's fine. Just sit here. So that story wasn't recorded in any history books or newspapers, but that story was a very important part of U.S. history in Cynthia's family, as she tells us. Well, this incident was a story that my mother told me when I was a little, little girl, maybe first at five years old. She repeated it throughout the years. And it meant exactly the same thing to me as it then, as it means to you now, that you have to look at people as they are and and realize that not everyone agrees with what is going on in the bigger world, but what's going on in their smaller world. So when she talked about having to sit at the bus and she just refused as a little girl, she said she wasn't going to go. And when she told me the story, I thought it was going to end badly, (laughs) um, knowing what I knew about history at the time. And when she said, the white lady just said, oh, it's okay. You can see here. I was amazed. And it really gave me a lot of hope. And it shaped the way I looked at things growing up and the way I look at things now. Yeah, and Cynthia said in her story that it demonstrated to her that regardless of how dire the circumstances, there is hope. And in her story, she said, at the very core of American life, there has always been hope. It was a small victory for a little girl, but an enormous victory for humanity that would reach the next generation. Well, my mother's decision to share this story with me was very important because it highlighted what was the reality at the time in terms of laws and in terms of what was going on in society. But she always made a point to let myself and my sister know that not every single person in their neighborhood, not all of the white people in their city treated them badly. And it was very important because that's just not a story that I really heard anywhere else when I looked at history. It was always the more explosive stories. It was always the more negative stories. And her choice to share this with me, and this wasn't the only story. There was also an incident where she drank out of the white water fountain. (laughs) And it was a similar incident where everyone just said it was okay. There was no major turmoil about it. And it shaped my viewpoint today because I make a point to remember, although it's difficult at times to with everything that's going on, but to always remember that just because people don't always say they disagree with what's going on in the world, but most likely they want positivity. Most likely they not want a bad situation to occur. I've kept Cynthia's story in mind during these difficult recent days. I keep reminding myself that the vast majority of Americans are good people who do not engage in hate speech or want to return to an all-white, homogeneous America. 
I'm Amy Newmark. Thanks for listening to the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast today. Please tell your friends and family members about this podcast as we're getting more and more listeners and working hard to keep it timely and relevant and very helpful. You can subscribe to it on Apple Podcasts or Google Play or wherever you like to get your podcasts. And if you'd like to learn more about our brand new book, Chicken Soup for the Soul, My Kind of America, you can find it on our website, chickensoup.com. And of course, it is on sale everywhere. Come back Friday to meet Georgia Schaefer, who wrote a story for one of our books that was truly life-changing for me. I ended up writing about it in my Simply Happy book, and is the single most popular piece of advice in that whole book. <laughs>